1: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.
0: Good afternoon everybody. Welcome to the Mike Missanelli Podcast. It is a joyous Friday, October 13th, the day after well, just hours ago, the Phillies completed a four-game triumph over the big, bad Atlanta Braves, and they move on to the National League Championship Series against, all teams, the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll talk about this a little later. This is podcast number 121 of the Mike Missanelli Podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. We're going to Go chapter and verse with every little moment in this game. Uh, my mic Unleashed today will be in the form of me ripping the Braves, who have a weak constitution, and we saw it. Listen, I'm, I'm happy for the Phillies, but I like to, to, to see a team with fight, and the Braves aren't a team with fight. And it is amazing the juxtaposition from the regular season to what they showed in the playoffs. Now, you got to give a lot of credit to the Phillies pitching for that. I, I don't want to uh, deny that. But but these Braves, what, t- 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 touted as one of the greatest offenses in the history of baseball, got feeble swings, uh, looked scared, had no approach offensively against the Phillies. And yeah, we'll get into this, and I'll explain. Now, the Phillies, it was a great way to win last night. They win with three home runs, the crowd going crazy. They They won with clutch pitching. Uh, they were they were managed wonderfully, even though Rob Thompson made some moves that made you raise your eyebrows a little bit. But this guy seems to know exactly what his how his team is going to respond, and it is amazing that he used Craig Kimbrell in the middle of this game. Uh, we'll, we'll go over that, but the, let let me just let me just start because in the end, it was another Braves El Foldo. Uh and and for me, the Braves like they have proven to be such a paper tiger. The Phillies ate their hearts in this series. Seriously, they, they, they took their hearts out of them. They tucked it in their sock. This is two years in a row now. And in a desperation elimination game, where they got their best pitcher going, they go out meekly. And, and you know, toughness shows itself. And, and the Braves didn't show any toughness. In the opposite view, the Phillies showed all kinds of toughness. And you saw why they deserved to the win. Let me just go over a couple averages for the Braves here. Ronald Acuna hit 143. And last night, ground out, ground out, ground out until he finally hit one, but he didn't hit it solid enough and it was run down by the center fielder. And every time this dude grounded out, he lollygagged at the first base every single time. Now, that sends a message to people that they're not engaged in an elimination game. And then answer the game... The coward skates out of the locker room uh, and saying no habla and says he has to catch the bus, all right? So this is the kind of guy that you, got, you have. Now, I touted him a couple of weeks ago in his podcast as maybe the greatest player I've ever seen. But what I saw in this playoffs was a quitter. And I saw a bunch of quitters on that Braves team. And if I'm a Braves fan, and I'm not, and that's why I'm wearing the Phillies hat today, I'm damn pissed at this team. They're not tough enough to win anything. And that starts with the manager. And it goes down the line to a bunch of guys who revealed their true selves in the playoffs. All right, so let's, let's start here because Nick Castellanos has to get all kinds of credit. I mean, listen, hitting two home runs in consecutive games is a pretty significant achievement. And he hit the second home run off a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Now, do you know how quick you have to be with the bat to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball? Uh, out of that yard. I mean, that's like unbelievable. Now, if Strider gets a little higher, maybe he doesn't. But he threw – he was beating the Phillies much of the night with 100-mile-an-hour fastballs down the middle of the plate, which which means he had his good pop on that fastball. I went over to the bullpen before the game. I was at the game last night. Producer Darren was at the game. I went to the bullpen to see how he prepares. And uh, he's, he's warming up. <laughs> I'm watching the scene. And he's got about 500 people, Philly fans that are hovered around a bullpen heckling him, and this dude has to go through the routine. I'm going, man, how, how does he get through this with this this craziness that's going on? Well, he's got this laser focus, and I'm watching the guy, uh, and and he's like, he he's warming up by delaying his windup. He's winding up and he's laying back on it. So he gets his weight distributed. And I'm watching the ball come out of his hand. I'm going, holy Christ, this guy's got electric stuff tonight. And I'm curious to see how the Phillies are going to deal with it. Well, he dealt with it by hitting high velocity with great bat speed. And when you, when you do that, when you match that up, the ball's going to go out of the yard. So two for Castellanos and one Trey Turner was a monster home run. Let's, let's look at this game piece by piece here. Uh, and, and, again, I, uh, this is a game where the Braves had to get off offensively early against Ranger Suarez. Right, this isn't Wheeler. And this isn't even Nola with command of the strike zone. This is a, a, a Ranger Suarez. He's got, a, he's got good – he throws a sinker. He throws a 94-mile-an-hour fastball and a sinker. And, and, and they didn't get off against him. And they let Ranger Suarez get through the fifth inning. Uh, and, and, again, it's Acuna. Ground that ground that ground out, fly out. Uh, and uh, they had defensive swings all night against Sa- Sanchez uh, or Suarez. Uh, and, and they they couldn't handle the pressure of their weak offense. And it just uh, – the more it went on, the more they squeezed harder. Uh, Albies, first at-bat. He just kind of flipped his bat and, and, and got a weak infield pop-up out of there. Riley in the first – um uh, st- Stared at the, uh, at the first pitch, he flailed at the first pitch. It was a changeup, a swing and miss on an outside fastball. They didn't have an approach, and I'm looking at it going, "You got to have an approach against Suarez. You got to see pitches. You got to know what's coming. You got to measure him out." And-, and the Braves completely lost their offensive focus. All right, Turner had been 0 for 17 against Spencer Strider uh, coming in, so Strider. Threw six straight fastballs at the start of the game. He's going, okay, I'm coming right at you. He threw three three straight fastballs to Schwarber, and I'm going, oh God, nobody throws fastballs to Schwarber. He, he trusted his fastball. He goes, all right, you want to hit it? Here it is. Boom. And Turner, with the second at-bat of the game, got a slider. After the six fastballs, he, he, he sped up his bat with a slider, and he rips a double. Uh, now, he didn't mess with Harper in the first at-bat stayed away from him, walked him, boom, strikes out, and and stop flies out. So now we go to the second inning. Castellanos gets a one-out walk, and Marsh smashes a single. And then there's the boneheaded play by Castellanos, where there's a fly ball, Rojas at the fly ball. Harris is a great center fielder. I don't know what Castellanos was thinking on that, but you certainly have to wait to see if that guy is going to make a great catch. And they double him off second base. You can't have a bonehead play like that. And I'm thinking that may come back to haunt the Phillies. Now, it didn't because he made up for it. Darren, you were watching the game. You saw that play. Let's bring Darren in. What were your thoughts on that game, on that play? Uh,
1: I, believe the, I believe the quote, Mike, was is deja vu all over again. Uh, really got Really disappointing to see back-to-back, or two out of three games, I should say, Getting doubled up like that off a deep fly ball—it just can't happen once. It happened twice in three games in a pivotal playoff series. Really poor base run.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and and so now uh, we move on with the game. Now, uh, how many hard balls did did they hit off of Ranger Suarez? Any hard balls until Pilar kind of hits one to the wall. All right, it scared you for a little while, but you could tell it wasn't it wasn't going to be enough in the bottom of the third to get out. So now uh, we're turning over the lineup and Turner makes the error. Um, and Harris now who, who hits after Pilar, Harris is on second base with Acuna up again. And what's he do? He grounds to the pitcher. And, and this is the kind of thing where you go, if you're a player, you the Braves, you go, Oh my God, this guy's got to carry us. He's getting crappy at bats. And doesn't even look like he's paying attention to the at bats. He's just out there flailing. Now, meanwhile, the Phillies, in the first three innings, they had first and second with one out. They had first and third with one out, and they were not cashing in. So in the third inning, Turner hits a ground single to the shortstop hole with one out. Harper singles to right. Here we go. First and third, one out. Now Strider is getting his pitch count up. And I'm going, oh, man, listen, he's close to 60 now as we get to the third inning. boom. Feeble fly out on the first pitch, bad approach. It's an infield fly out. And then Stott has a great at bat, saw eight pitches, but, but he finally strikes out. Now, so we're, the tension is loading here, um, and, and the, the Braves finally get a lead. It's the top of the fourth. Albies with another bad at bat, feeble pop up, Riley on a 1-0, uh, smashes the ball down the left field line for a home run. That's the that's the, uh, one of the few leads they've had in, in the whole series. In fact, the Braves only led for, I think, three innings in a whole series. So now they have a lead at 1-0. Olsen hits the line drive to left. I'm looking at the pen, and it's starting to stir. Because you know they got a short leash on Ranger Suarez. But Ozuna who has been a pig all series, hits a, into a ground ball double play. So they get out of it. The Braves are up one nothing. How would the Phillies respond? Strider needs a shutdown inning here. They finally take the lead. Um, he strikes. He blows away Real mudo on a high fastball. Now, I, I get people go, how can you swing at that? When that ball comes out of his hand, it looks like a strike. It looks like it strikes is going to come right down the middle, and then it gets this little rise factor, and you can't catch up with it. So he strikes out. Castellanos gets a first pitch slider. Bang. Home run, deep, deep home run, too. So that energizes the Phillies. Now we're tied. All right. So, well, we go to the Braves fifth. Murphy hits a leadoff single. Dominguez is up now. Pilar strikes out. Arcia, a feeble fly out to Rojas. And Harris, a chopper to the second baseman. They get out of it. But you know now Dominguez is going to come in. Phillies fifth. Schwarber strikes out with Strider's sixth strikeout of the night. Slider he him. Turner on a high slider. Bang! Demoralizing. A 2-1 lead now for the Phillies. Harper walks, but Boehm hit into a double play. But Turner puts him in a lead at 2-1. Would that be enough to win the game with this Braves offense? Now the Braves are behind. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're thinking the same thing I'm thinking, which is, <laughs> we're behind again. Do we have enough offense to get back into it? And they wound up, no, they didn't have enough offense. Braves 6, Dominguez in the game now. This is really interesting to me because Dominguez – I don't even know if he knows it, but Thompson knows that he's only got Dominguez in there for two, two batters. Get me two batters. Get, get two batters out for me. Acuna, ground ball, first pitch. New pitcher in there. Dominguez swings at the first pitch, it's a ground ball. That's a terrible approach because Dominguez can get wild. What, what, do you, what is the benefit of you swinging at that first pitch? Work account. See some pitches with this guy. Get him a little jumpy because you're up. He let him off the hook with the first pitch swing. All right, Albies. Another weak fly ball to left field. Riley singles. Olsen's up. Boom. Here comes Thompson. You're out. Dominguez is out. I am not going to have a right-handed pitcher pitch to Matt Olson. He goes to Alvarado in this sixth inning. This is great managing because he's thinking, I don't want to see these guys relate. late. F that. We got to win this game, so I'm going my best here. I'll take my chances that my back-end guys, I mean the middle guys, can get people out in the ninth inning. I got to preserve the game right now. This is why you manage pitch by pitch and batter by batter, which Snitker didn't do in game three. All right. He gets a fly out. Alvarado gets a fly out. They're out of the inning. Phil's sixth. Stott strikes out. Real Mudo flies to deep right. Castellanos. Fouls off a hundred mile an hour fastball. Slider in the dirt. Whiffs on a 99 fastball located on the outside part of the plate. Great pitch by Strider. So now he's got him in the bag. Fouls off a fastball that's right down the middle at 101, but he seemed to be on it a little bit. Strider's next pitch is a hundred mile an hour fastball. Bang! Smashes another one that looked like it was going to go into the second deck. Gives him a 3-1 lead. That's the end of Strider. Now, if you noticed in that little mound meeting, and I'm, I'm just guessing what Strider said. Because Strider, frankly, did his job. Pitched his ass off. He gave up three solo home runs, but he was challenging him the whole night. He's going, you're going to see my best. If you hit it, you're going to hit it. But my I, my God, I got to count on my offense to pick me up here. So when Snicker takes the ball from him, he yells something in, in his glove. And I'm thinking he yelled, would you fucking guys take this game now and hit? Something like that is what I'm thinking he's saying. All right, pick me up or something like that. Because the guy, I, 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 love, I love this guy. I think he's a competitive guy. I, watching him pitch in the bullpen with all that nonsense going around him, singularly focused. He's got a bulldog mentality that nobody else in that, on that team seems to have. I'll take him any day of the week. All right. Brave seventh. Now the Phillies have a two-run lead, and Alvarado is still in. And you know Thompson is thinking here, get him out quickly. I, I, You know, when you get into the 20 realm of pitches, uh, that's not good. That's not comforting for us. So what happens is Ozuna swings at the first pitch. <laughs> Again, this like, listen, I, I'm sitting here watching and, and, and I appreciate really good baseball and really good baseball is a good offensive approach. And these guys from the Braves had no idea what a great offensive approach was. New pitcher comes in. He swings at the first pitch uh, with Alvarado now in his second inning. Pops it up now. Why would you switch? I I, you know, I don't understand, guys. I really don't. This is, so when the Braves go into the off season, they got to look at guys like Ozuna and and and, uh, and that other flake that they played in left field, uh, who who pinch hit later later in the night, who killed them all series long, right? These guys these guys don't have an approach, and they're played right into the Phillies' hands with Thompson Management with with his relief pitchers. Uh, okay. Um, First of all, you're down three-one swinging at the first pitch. That's that's one thing. You need a base runner. All right. Now Murphy, it's a hard ground ball. Scott stoops. Uh, Scott sco- scoops it. Throws him out. Makes a nice play. Um, Alvarado had about two outs and four pitches, but then he starts to lose it a little bit. Long at bat to Pilar. He finally walks him. He Arcia gets in the three and two, and then he walks him. Uh, and now it's first and second, and a weird sequence pops up here. Um, here comes Harris. And Harris hasn't had a hit all series. So Snicker pinch hits for Harris with Darno. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm not sure I, I would do that. I know Harris is an Ofer here, but Alvarado is now straining to throw strikes. So do I want to keep Alvarado out there? Because I know if I send Harris up there. He's not going to bring a righty and he's going to trust Alvarado and try to extend him. which to me, if I'm snicker is the better managerial strategy. Instead, he goes with Darno against Alvarado. Now, I don't, I don't know if he thought he was going to leave Alvarado in there and have a righty against lefty, but Thompson immediately, once the pinch hitter is announced, goes to the pen and goes righty, righty. And the righty is Kimbrel. And I'm going, "Oh, SWAT, seriously? He's going to bring Kimberl in this game?" So I mean, this is why baseball is so brilliant when you get a, a chess move and a chess move. And I'm thinking right along with it cuz I like to manage the game along with it. I'm going, "You know, I I don't know if Snicker made the right move here. I I probably would keep Harris out there and say, "Okay, leave Alvarado out there." Cuz what I see with Alvarado, he seems to be blowing up right now. But instead, He kind of played in their hands, but Kimbrell walks the Darno. Okay, so so now the bases are loaded for Acuna. Now, when you're watching this moment, Darren, what are you thinking? Uh, That is the – all right, so my daughter
1: was there with me. We stood for nine innings. Uh, She might have held me up for about four and a half of them, but we stood for nine innings, except for at this point – I had to sit down and put my head in my hands because I just saw the writing on the wall. The guys were behind us who were great and yelling, partying with us the whole game. They they were like putting on their shoulders, they're literally pulling me up out of seat. They're like, come on, man. Come on, man. I was I was. That was the only time of the night that I was really about to crap my pants nervous that was the moment that was the time of the game right there. And you can, I'll, I'll let you pick it up from there. What happened?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, it was at the time of the game. and everybody in the ballpark is going "Oh No, 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 no. I've seen this with Kimbrel. Oh my exactly. God. And everybody's <laughs> now scared to death. And I, and I get it. And I'm watching this whole thing. So, so now, uh, uh, here comes Acuna. And, and the hopes and dreams of the Atlanta Braves fans are now riding on this guy who has had uh, one of the greatest seasons an offensive player can have, but has really had a bad approach in this whole series. What would happen in this situation? First pitch is a wild pitch to the screen. It bounces angularly. Pilar goes halfway down like he's going to score and calls it off. Now, I don't know what would have happened at the plate, but I'm assuming that Pilar's going, I can't. There's two outs. If if JT Real Muto makes a great he- play here and throws me out at the plate, I am at the ultimate GOAT because now I've taken the bat out of Acuna's hands with the bases loaded. So he probably did the right thing. However, the other base runners are almost three-quarters of the way to a base and they have to retreat. And I'm thinking, well, JT try to throw it. JT's going... I can't throw this because if i make making every throw, I'm the goat. There's so many little subplots into that one moment. It's fantastic. All right. Strike at the ba- at the bottom of the zone. Now we're one-one. Curveball inside. Good curveball. Swing and miss. Good rip at a fastball. He fouls it back. He lays off a curve. It's now two and two. He hits a foul to the first base side, which uh, maybe when he was hit, he had a chance. Maybe Harper gets over and catches it. No, no, no. Goes, goes in into, the into stands. Inside fastball. Drives it to center field. And I'm going, hmm. Does he have enough here to at least hit the wall? Rojas goes back. At a moment, Rojas got tentative with it and then finally caught up with it. Because that's a tough wall. That's an angular wall. It's a wall that comes out at a point. He finally catches up with it. It didn't have enough gas to get to the wall. And they get out of it. And that is the moment of the game right there. That ball hits the wall. Three guys score. The Braves are in the lead. And you never know what could happen. But again, the Phillies had all the right moves in this series. So a ball like that. The Phillies commanded the series. It's not going to happen to the Phillies in this series. It's just not going to happen. They are uh, they are programmed to win this series. So now all they have to do is complete it. Top of the eighth. Kimbrel goes back out there. What would you think of that?
1: Well, who was up at that point? R- 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 Albies. All right. Yeah, I was okay with so that. You got... Uh, Kimbrell against 2-3-4. Yeah, I was okay with that because Albie really wasn't doing any real extra base damage this series. And I didn't. Honestly, I was so (laughs) worn out from the Acuna at bat. (laughs) I I was fine with it. I, I didn't know. Look, I get nervous when relievers who aren't accustomed to coming out for a second inning, even if they only saw two batters in the first inning or in their previous inning. I still get nervous, and it all depends on the length of time that they're sitting. He wasn't sitting that long, so I was okay with him coming back
0: out. All right. Uh, I need know how I feel about that, uh, bringing him out for another inning. Uh, he doesn't do that very much. Certainly later in his career, he hasn't done it that much. I'm not so sure I would have brought him out, but just like Dominguez, and he brings him out, he says, give me two hitters because he's got now Albies is a better left-handed hitter than right-handed hitter. So that's why I thought he may go to the lefty in there because it's all going to come down to who he has out there for Olsen. Riley's the second hitter. If if Riley hits a home run, it's still three to two. But in any event, he sends Kimbrell out there and Albie's another pig fly out, (laughs) the center field. And then he strikes Riley out. Plays right into Thompson's hand because here comes Olsen. I got my lefty warmed and it's Gregory Soto who he brings in. And Soto gets Olsen on the ground ball that results in a first-base collision that hits the surgically repaired elbow of Bryce Harper. And another. Going, <laughs> right? Everybody go, whoo! Right? The loudest crowd looking, in baseball. Everybody is gasping at that. The, the
1: loudest crowd in baseball went completely silent. Everybody just looked yes. at each other and mouthed, oh, shit.
0: Yes. Uh, now, they're out of the inning, but what's the situation with Harper? As it turns out, it was a funny bone shot. He would be okay. And now let's fast forward to the Braves' ninth. Because uh, out comes a, a Soto again. All right? Uh, Ozuna is the first hitter. He walks. I'm going, oh, man, this, this guy does not have a clue. And you walk him and you put him on base, and Murphy singles to right. The tying runs are on base. Ozuna goes to third base, on, and there's a play, but Ozuna is clearly safe. So that's the one thing he did all series where he showed some hustle and he got the third base. First and third, nobody out. And here comes Strom. Uh, it's a Pilara. Pilar, Pilar stinks. All right.
1: Before you go any further, when Strom comes in the game at that point, did you think he was going to be as effective as he was? Did you have any inclination that he was just come in? And I know you're gonna go through the play by play here.
0: He's the, I, I didn't mind it because it's the bottom of the order. And that's you know, I, I look at the Bra- the Brave's bottom of the order was horrendous yeah. all series, right? So the first guy he's facing is is Kevin Pillar, who, who stinks. He can't, He's not a hitter. He's now 35. He's he's no threat to me. He hits an infield pop-up, gets jammed to the shortstop. <laughs> All right? Now, again, the, the, the Braves have to have an approach here. First and third, nobody out. you got to make sure you don't get jammed. You get a good pitch to hit. You see pitches, whatever. He swings early in a count. Hits it off the handle, pop fly. Gives them an out, gives them a gift. Rosario is the next hitter. Feeble first pitch, shallow pop up. <laughs> I'm going, I can't believe these Braves hitters. They have no thought process at all. So he gets himself out. Two guys just got themselves out. Two outs. And and they send this kid Grissom who was their highly touted shortstop product. who didn't work out. They had sent him back to the minor leagues, and, and that's how RC got the job. Grissom is their last hope. And if you're a Braves fan, you go, oh, Jesus God. First and third, nobody out, and these mopes come up to try to win the game for us, and Grissom is just overmatched at that point. Check swing on a slider, strikes out, ball game. And the crowd erupted. The Phillies erupted. Uh, and, and it's it's for the second straight year that hangdog Braves team had to watch the Philly sep- celebrate on the field. And it was a glorious moment in Philadelphia sports history again that they take out the Braves.
1: It really was an incredible night.
0: I mean, I, I just that moment
1: with with Acuna versus Kimbrell was everything um, Strom when Strom came in in the ninth inning, man, I I did not know. I know it's the bottom of the order, but. The Bra- here's the thing. There's two types of playoff teams in any sport, Mike. Those who go out and take it, and those who wait for it to come to them. And the Braves were a team that were all series waiting for the game to come to them. And the Phillies went out and took it. Two years in a row of that. And that, that's just two different mindsets. Two completely different mindsets.
0: You're absolutely right. Here's the bottom line on the Braves, if I'm the general manager. I, got to, I see what my team is, and, I, and I've got to figure out some way to get get them tougher. Now, uh, Olsen had a great year, but Freddie Freeman's tougher. Uh, Garcia had a good year, but Dansby Swanson is tougher. And I think they learned a valuable lesson here. And I don't know if that manager uh, continues, because obviously he couldn't push the right buttons to get them past the Phillies the second straight year. So what's the point? Uh, They got to make some changes. Now, I'm not worried about the Braves. That's their problem. The Phillies play the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, it, it, what, I, what I think is a lesser matchup without disrespecting this spunky team who's got a lot of verve right now and, and are playing loose and blah, blah, blah. blah uh, I don't think they match up very well with the Phillies. I think this could actually be a f- five game series at most. Uh, and, and I know, well, don't jinx him. Like, yeah, I'm not jinxing it. They've got two good starting pitchers and Zach Gallen, who's coming back to Philadelphia if they're having a big grown-up here going to Bishop Eustace and Merrill Kelly. But uh, there's a point in time when a lesser team just doesn't have the ammo to keep up, and they're going to be playing the first two games in Philly. So I don't see this. Uh, I think the Phillies are a dead lock to get to the World Series, whoever they're going to play, one of those Texas teams. Just a couple postscripts on this series. The Phillies held the Braves, the greatest offensive team in history, some said, uh, to eight runs in four games. This is a team that tied a major league record for home runs in the regular season, 307. The Phillies out-homered them 11-3. Castellanos, this was a guy who swung at 41% of the pitches out of the strike zone this year. In this series, he saw 29 uh, of, of those pitches, and he only swung at five of them. So he saw 29 out of the zone sh- uh, pitches in this series, only sh- uh, swung at five of them. That's 17%. From 41% swinging the pitches out of the strike zone to 17% in the playoffs. That's a guy who made adjustments. That's a guy who had a better approach. Uh, in four games, Braves pitchers, Faced a total of six batters when the Braves had the lead. Think about that for a second. So, in other words, for the majority of the series, Braves pitchers are out there trying to hold down the fort and not give up any more runs because they're pitching from behind. That's pressure. Um, In all of the first four innings of this series, five games, 20 innings, the Braves went scoreless. This was a team that was highly touted. They jump on you early. They score early. And they didn't do it in this series. So you take all these uh, when you look at this series and you put it all together. One team had the balls. The other team did not have the balls. And and that's the bottom line. Um, All right. So uh, let me go over some averages for the Braves there. And just so you, uh, I crystallize this point in me ripping a heartless team. Um, and I was looking at these, uh, these numbers here. Um, uh, Acuna hit 143. Albies had horrible at-bats the whole series. Ozuna hit 154. Rosario hit 143. Arcia, Mr. Mouth hit 154. Harris, zero, zero, zero. This is the best offensive team in history, and that's what the Phillies did to them. Um, just a postscript on this series because I'm going to tell you right now that this whole playoff format is going to change, and it's going to change because Major League Baseball really does not appreciate the fact that the top five record teams in their league, including uh, three of them who won hundred plus games, were a combined one for 13 in the playoffs and found themselves now golfing and going on vacation. I will guarantee you that the league tweaks the playoff system uh, so far as the bye teams not having as long a layoff. I don't know how they're going to do that, but guaranteed they're going to do it because they don't like this. Am I right or wrong? I, you know, I hope not. I really don't
1: because you know, it takes testicular fortitude to win in the Major League playoffs, in the Major League Baseball postseason. The Astros haven't had a problem. One team. They're, they want, they're good enough to win the World Series one, last year. One
0: team. I understand. I will that. guarantee the but two things.
1: At the, let's just look at the National League, right? The, the Braves. Look at the mental makeup of the team, tells you everything you want to know about them. Look at the Dodgers now. The Dodgers lost; what they lose three starting pitchers this year, and they had everything riding on uh, Kershaw, who went a third of an inning in Game One. The mental makeup of that team: top heavy, Betts, Freeman, rest of the you know these teams. Yes, it's great to you won hundred games in the regular season, but if you are a general manager, you better assemble a team with testicular fortitude to get into and through the postseason because it takes a different type of mindset to play in the Major League Baseball postseason.
0: Dude, you're you're spitting into the wind, okay? I will guarantee you that Major League Baseball is going to change this thing. And I'm going to tell you something else is going to happen. I think you're wrong about
1: the push-push the the because is going every to be other team is trying it now. They're just uh, not if, successful. If, I can,
0: if I'm Nostradamus and I'm making those two, predi- those two predictions, sure as I'm sitting here, are going to come true next year. All right? Hold on. You said they were going to outlaw it last year and what happened. Okay. I love the fact that you're a naive lad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well,
1: every year they're going to talk about, they the talked about it. Talk about it, didn't they. they?
0: Now it's gotten more heat. It's gotten more heat now. If you don't think they talked about it last year, if you don't think they're going to change it this year with even more heat on it, you're crazy. Let's go into football. We, we finally put a completion on on the Phillies. They took the Braves out. I believe that they are a lock for the World Series in five games against an inferior Arizona Diamondbacks team. So let's move on to the Eagles against the Jets. Um yeah, this is another win for the Eagles. Uh, let, let's look at uh, what they're up against. Okay. We know what their offense is. Uh, they've got a quarterback who's still trying to learn on the job. Uh, and they had a running back who went off last week in Brees Hall. Okay. I got it. Uh, their offense isn't good enough to deal with the Eagles' defense. Uh, so let's look at what the strengths are for the New York Jets. Quinn and Williams, defensive tackles, had 20 pressures this year, four quarterback hits. Uh, he ranks third in efficiency among interior linemen in the league. His pass rush win is 18.3%. That is seventh in the league. They're going to have to deal with him. But they dealt with Aaron Donald last week. So why can't they deal with Quinnen Williams? Uh, John Franklin Myers, another pretty good defensive lineman. Uh, 16.4 pressure rate. Their linebackers are very good. C.J. Mosley. And Williams, they're ranked uh, among the top league linebackers in pro football focus for their efficiently, efficiency. Um, Sua Opeta is still, uh, will get a start again. You now, he equipped himself pretty well against the Rams, even though he had help. Uh, only allowed three pressures versus the Rams, and they may get N'Kobe Dean back for the Eagles. Now, there are a couple guys on the injured list right now. We haven't had an update on whether they're going to play so, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and one of them is, uh, Jalen Carter. So, uh, we'll see if, if he plays for for the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, pretty good day last week. Uh, he, uh, he, let's, let's see, he's 275 plus in three straight games passing. So, all right, that's good. And he hasn't been spectacular, but last week, 15 for, uh, uh, well, they, I'm sorry. Uh, he's run 15 times for 72 yards last week. 4.8 yards per carry had a TD. Swift added 70 yards. They had 160 yards on the ground as a team. Uh, they've only allowed a 5.4 yards per uh, carry to to quarterbacks. Uh, that's t- tied for 28. So they 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 uh, the, the Jets. This is so they, they gave it up to Russell Wilson this week. We'll see how a Hertz does against them. Uh, A.J. Brown, another 125-yard-plus receiving day. He's had 125-plus receiving in three straight games. He'll be going up against Sauce Gardner, which is a pretty good matchup. The Jets holding wide receivers to a pretty good rate. Jets are holding them to a 77.1 rating. That is seventh in the league. So they have a good front. They have a good secondary. Um, My guess is that Devontae Smith gets targeted. This week, Uh, he they didn't throw to him very much last week. You know what happens with the Eagles when somebody is displeased about their targets? They usually get the ball to him. Goddard last week, A.J. Brown, a few weeks uh, back. Uh, Devontae doesn't. He's not loud like that, but he was disappointed. So I guarantee you the offensive coordinator tries to get him the ball this week. Uh, The Jets are also susceptible to the tight end they uh, allow a 108.9 rating against tight ends which means Goddard might have another big day um just scored 31 points last week against Denver nine of those points came on defense uh, Wilson he stinks <laughs> he had a sub 80 rating last week uh, the Eagles pass rush 40.2 percent pressure on the quarterback this year that's sixth in the league and Wilson has already taken 15 sacks as 21st in the league. They can hold uh, Brees Hall down. They're fine. I, I like the Eagles to cover in this game. I don't see the, where they have any problems up there. Uh, I think uh, this is a, a, at least a two-touchdown game for the Eagles. you see the same thing there?
1: I see them winning. I see them covering. I see it as a very boring game. Uh, I see this as a game where the Jets aren't going to present a whole lot of offense. Outside of running the ball, Brees Hall's turned into a pretty good running back. Um... But I, you know, I, I just think the Eagles front seven will shut them down. Kobe Dean is back. The other thing is, you know, this, this this game was a some not a marquee matchup when the season started, but we were looking forward to this game. In fact, you and I both said this may be the first loss of the season. Um, Aaron Rodgers getting injured really took the wind out of this game and pretty much every jet game all year. But um you know, I think this will be a little bit of an ugly game, two good defenses, one very good defense, one good defense playing a terrible offense with a quarterback who, and I don't care if he's played a little bit better the last couple of weeks, the kid can't play. It's The Eagles will win, they'll cover, it'll be an ugly game, it'll be something like 26 to 13 or something like
0: that. Poor Aaron Rodgers, he's such a lost soul that the only outlet he has now is to go on Pat McAfee show and complaining about vaccines and want to debate uh, Travis Kelsey. It's so pathetic. He's such a, he's such a wormy little bitchy guy. I hate him. But anyway,
1: yeah. yeah. Douchebag is the word. Yeah, he is. He
0: is. He's really, he's really a douchebag. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go to our picks of the week here. And uh, I got a couple, I think uh, are lock winners in college and i hate to do it to the temple folks but uh north texas what a what a game north texas versus temple north <laughs> texas is not a bad team i don't know why this le- north texas is coming That's why to i temple love you because and you know, i'm not people.
1: saying you don't know what you're talking about you don't you do but <laughs> you look at the card and i know if they're not playing temple they probably doesn't catch your eye at, at first but no one's looking at the card going yeah, look at this texas north texas game
0: no, they're, they're a quiet, decent team, right? right? And, I, and I don't know. I forget where his game is, but North Texas at minus five—it's it's too. It's like taking candy here. Uh, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take North Texas minus five against Temple, uh, who can't get out of the wrong way. It's a, it's a shit. It's a sin, really, this Temple football program. Uh, and then I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Oregon State. I'm going to back, go back to the Pac-12. UCLA with a big win last week. They took out Washington State. I was on the other side of that game. Uh, so in a, in a game that uh, Oregon State's home, minus three and a half, they're, they're another quiet, good team. I'm going to take Oregon State at minus three and a half, and I do believe they are the Beavers. I'll take the Beavers at minus three and a half versus UCLA. Now, I'm going to throw one out you want to watch because this line also got my attention. Ohio State is playing Purdue. Purdue is only... A 19-point dog in the game. I'm not gonna play it. I'm just saying, look at that game. I think Purdue could cover, but my picks officially are North Texas minus five against Temple, Oregon State minus three and a half against UCLA. I'll go with one pro game. Pro game. Uh, the pros are pretty hard this week. I'm gonna take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus three at home versus the Lions. I think the I think the Bucks can actually win the game outright. So I'll take the Bucks plus three. I think that's good value. The other game I looked at the Browns plus seven at home against the Forty ers A good defense. Forty ers when another come down week after they waffled Dallas. Maybe they don't have their ace right stuff in Cleveland. So no, look it's at that ten
1: game. now, by the way. And that's because Deshaun Watson's no, it is out. It's
0: ten. Oh, okay. Well, don't forget that. Yeah, don't, that don't even play. All right. So, so I have two picks, we'll
1: two pro picks. I, I wasn't. <clears throat> one of my picks last week, I don't think I got a chance to make them, but I uh, went 2-0 and with the Colts and uh, another team. I forget. But anyway, uh, another two games for you this week. I had the New Orleans minus one and a half at Houston. Houston, I like Stroud a little bit, making some plays, but that Saints defense is really good, and they've put up some big numbers these last couple of weeks. And I also like, with my man Joe back in the saddle, throwing the ball well, I like Cincinnati
0: at home. Minus two and a half. Man, crush at home a lesser home number, which what would be why I would not take that game. They can't even give them the three at home this weekend. But your man crush always pushes well, you over. The, the other thing
1: is, I think too many, I think people, too much is made of Seattle. Like everybody's, like, oh, Seattle's right up there with a, with a contender in the NFC. No, they're not. They're they're three and one because there is the NFL is extremely top heavy and. 40 to 50% of the teams in the league right now are absolutely freaking brutal.
0: Let me just say something editorial to, to you. You always disrespect the Vegas people, thinking you know better than the Vegas people. And I, have <laughs> I have this
1: year. You, no, you I have this year.
0: I had three losses that all line, year. That line is not a Cincinnati line, and you know it.
1: I don't care if it's a Cincinnati line or a Seattle line. I think Seattle's getting too much respect.
0: Okay. Uh, hey, listen. I, I, I think all Seattle I can do is bring the horse respect. to the water. You know what I'm too saying? You want to drink respect. it, drink it. Three questions for Mikey Miss, Darren. to Bring that back. We haven't done it in a while.
1: All right, Mike. Three questions for you here today. Uh, Mike, you can go out to dinner and have drinks with any athlete, living or dead, at any point in time. Who is that athlete? Muhammad Ali. Why Muhammad Ali?
0: Because I, I I just would love to have a conversation with him. I, I think the guy uh, was a worldly guy who uh, uh, had a lot of thoughts and, and, and uh, uh, righteous thoughts on a lot of things. And uh, he's an entertaining guy. I would, I would love to uh, uh, reap the benefits of a conversation with Muhammad Ali because uh, it would be entertaining and it would be informative. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. I have great respect for Muhammad Ali and what he stood for.
1: It's a good answer. I just wanted to hear what your reasoning was behind it. Question yeah. number two Mike, uh, it, when, when it comes from regular season to the postseason, what sport does the pressure switch the most to, right? So, like, we saw, I, I think it got to Snicker in this series. I thought he lost game one before it started, I thought he made a lot of bad decisions pressure was a little high on him this year particularly with how they went out last year to the, to the same team what sport does that pressure switch so much more from if, you know onto either the head coach or manager
0: well I, I there's no question that the sport is baseball now it's not necessarily a manager manager has nothing to do with it uh it, it, it in uh Football would be where the coach comes in to play more because he's got a formulated game plan, so the coaching staff is more important. But the sport, and you, you see it, you saw it clearly this year, the sport where pressure uh, gets deeper into the postseason, and there's reasons for that. It's a short series, okay? and And when you do not hit, you mentally squeeze more. The pressure builds up. Hitting is the most difficult thing to do. And when you believe you can't hit or you're affected mentally by circumstances where you go, oh, my God, I got to get a hit this that bad that you, you can't hit. The, the mental pressure of hitting a baseball once you start not hitting it and you're trying to catch up builds up to the point. And you saw it plainly. You saw it plainly in this series. You saw it in every other series where the better teams, when they got into a slog to hit the baseball, the pressure just builds up, and they go, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh uh and and you squeeze harder, and you're not as relaxed, and when you're not as relaxed, and you're facing that kind of stuff, the pitchers to throw today, you are done, my friend. It is absolutely baseball.
1: All right, that's question number two. Question three, a little silly. Settle an argument that my daughter Danny and I had all summer. Is it hyperbole or hyperbole? Is the word pronounced hyperbole or
0: hyperbole? It's it's hyperbole.
1: Thank you very much. That's all I wanted to. I'll be making sure I play this for her later on. You are a journalist. We argued all summer about this.
0: How could you possibly argue? She had adults in my family on her her
1: side trying to gang up on me over there.
0: Bring out a Google freaking dictionary for crying out loud! Just Pronunciation knowledge.
1: guide. There was a free. Are you about it? Down the one shore weekly
0: this. beach argument
1: all summer.
0: It's hyperbole for crying out loud! <laughs> Come on, man. All right, that'll do it for the Mike Missanelli podcast for Friday, the thirteenth, October thirteenth. Friday Ooh. the thirteenth. That's right. <laughs> they came one day late for the Braves because their Friday <laughs> yeah. the thirteenth was last night. Uh, so good luck to the Braves. Uh, well, you well, know, the Braves at Pebble this um, week. <laughs> well, wow, there's a lot of the golf courses East Lake. I'm sure they got. I'm sure they got tee times on the East Lake today. Uh, all those Braves. So you know, have a good day playing golf. The Phillies are preparing. Uh, no, they're they're not preparing right now they're sleeping right now. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're sleeping in. waiting for the Diamondbacks to yeah. come in everybody have a great rest of the night again you can catch my friday uh, vlog today on my website MikeMiss.com. Uh, i will have some things to say on on the the, uh, the vlog and my main focus on the on the vlog would be the uh, orlando orcia thing where he said in the locker room and there are, there are ex athletes that are that are ganging up saying it was inappropriate for that reporter to report that. And I am just going to skewer everybody, including some journalists now who are also getting on the player side that they can't report it. That's going to be my Friday block. Check it out on uh, Mike And that's where you can reach me email wise. It's Mike at Mike Ask me a question. Uh, I want to mention my, my friends at uh, natural lawn. I, I swear to God, my lawn has never looked better. I, I've had to mow it now like three times in the last couple of weeks. It's growing like crazy with the good fertilizer on it. And you can only get that, the natural materials that Natural Lawn puts on uh, your grass. So check out Natural Lawn of America. And
1: When uh, the kids and- ride by, do you say, hey, Tommy, hey, Mikey, what a day for a mow, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I don't, no, I really don't do that. You know what that's wrong? No, but uh, people uh, stop me every now and then. They go, you know, your house has great curb appeal. And that's because of the lawn. All right. Everybody have a great Friday. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Enjoy it before the rain comes in this weekend. Uh, this is Mike Misinelli for Darren. Uh, it's the Mike Misinelli podcast. Tell your friends about it. Um, it comes out at least four times a week now that we're doing the Phillies games. So uh, hopefully you listen. Take care for the rest of the day. This is Mike Miss. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Mike Misinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.